Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Number three of Beeson's primetime action right here on MSG+. Plus. It is Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Danielle Alvari, and Kelly Bidlin live from the South Point Hotel Casino here on the tip of the strip uh, in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, beautiful. You know, if you like 115 degrees, that's beautiful. I do. Uh, you do. And you do. I do. Some people do. Uh, it's a dry heat, by the way. <laughs> uh, we will uh, update everything in baseball. It should be noted that it is uh, scoreless after the first period in Tampa Bay, uh, at Tampa Bay for the Montreal-Tampa Bay Game 5 Stanley Cup Final, and uh, still scoreless. Kelly, what are the lines there updated as well? Yeah, we've got, uh, okay, over at DraftKings, it is minus 250 on the Lightning Live, plus 190 on the Canadians. The total set at 3.5, and, a half. and uh, puck, I always like how they do their puck line. So you get Canadians plus 1, plus 106, or lightning minus one, minus one thirty four. That, uh, that money line hasn't moved that much after a period of play. It has not. No, yeah, really not at all. Um, over in baseball, we have uh, Dodgers up on the Marlins five to three, bottom of the fifth. That uh, live numbers there: Dodgers minus four fifty, Marlins plus three forty, eleven and a half. The total Phillies and Cubs in a rain delay. The Cubs are up three to nothing though in that game. Uh, the Blue Jays all over the Orioles, seven to one, top of the sixth. The A's with an early lead over the Astros, one to nothing in the bottom of the third. The Astros minus one forty live A's plus one ten, 
And the Brewers still with that 3 nothing lead over the Mets. We are into the bottom of the sixth inning now in that game. We hate ourselves for not fading Matt Harvey. Ugh. First five. Just loathe. Self-loathing. Three and two-thirds. Nine hits. Six earned. His ERA is 770 <laughs> well, on the season. Did, right? I mean, it's just like I said it and then we didn't this, do anything. This show gets in the way, Kelly. Uh, gets in the way sometimes. Bets. And so it really does. That's what yeah. happens. Vlad Jr., three for three in this game, a couple RBI. His uh, up to 73 now RBI for him before the All Star break. He is hitting 342 with a 440 OBP. Today, I did uh, on the Beating the Book podcast side, I did our mid season baseball podcast. And as part of that, with Paul Spohr from Fangraphs and Jason Weingarten at Spreadopedia, I went back and listened to our preseason baseball podcast that we did, mm-hmm. the three of us with Matt Vaskersian from ESPN and MLB Network, and we just sort of laughed at some of our thoughts at the beginning of the season. There was a uh, DraftKings had a uh, a line, the White Sox, you know, it was regional lines, White Sox to win 12 and a half games more than the Cubs on the season, White Sox minus 12 and a half, and I sort of openly uh, couldn't believe how big that number was. <laughs> now the Cubs have gone on this awful losing streak, and they're actually eight and a half games worse, you know, at the, uh, coming up into the All-Star break. Joke's on me. Uh, I Also, there was uh, there was a few others that were that just like, there was another White Sox-involved uh, one where the White Sox were, uh, the Twins were plus 135 head-to-head versus the White Sox. And I said out loud, like, oh, my God, Twins plus 135. I got to take some of that. I didn't in the end. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that also, you know, you, you see how how your perception has changed in a half season. Uh, just some other things that came up from that podcast. The Red Sox were 23 to 1, we forget, before the season to win the AL East. Obviously, they're atop that division. Uh, none of us liked the Red Sox necessarily. No. Uh, the Astros were minus 124 versus the A's. We did like that, Paul Spora especially. He also liked the Mariners as a dark horse, so he really kind of nailed the AL West. Uh, both Paul and Jason liked the Nats as a dark horse in the NLE, so that was good. Um, we were also struck by how bad Pakoda was on some of their preseason projections. That was the other thing, where like Pakoda had the White Sox like eight games worse than the Twins for the season, uh, as one example of that. And then... Um, NL West, everybody had the Dodgers. I, I did mention the Giants as well. So that was my one thing that I got right. But uh, Jason Weingarten for AL MVP was all over Otani. He had a 33-1 to ticket. There was also a 50-1 to available when we recorded it back in early March. And his quote from the, uh, the podcast was, I don't know how much more I want. I might get a little more. So, so he was so he was well off, uh, well set on his way to, to many an Otani MVP uh, ticket there. And uh, he had DeGrom at plus 500 before the season started plus 475 and we all thought at that time it was like oh that's you know it's not the sexiest thing in the world and that's why i would say with rodon now if something happens to garrett cole or if garrett cole continues to perform this way get the rodon numbers now while you have them it won't seem so strange later it's gil alexander matt brown daniel alvari and kelly bidlin right here on Vison's primetime action uh, that's the beating the book mid-season baseball podcast. If you're interested, we just look. I mean, we said this a couple of different times about this this Blue Jays team, who now you know uh, Bichette goes deep. They're up nine-one now in this game. Um, you know, they're forty-three and forty, and if they could just get some consistent pitching, oh, you look down in the year of the plummeting batting average. Simeon's hitting two eighty-three. Bichette's hitting two ninety-six. Vlad's three forty-two. Teoscar Hernandez two ninety-five. You got your boy Randy Gritchick hitting 263. Mm-hmm. Lords Guriel hitting 268. 
all of that weight, 20 to 30 to 40, in Vlad's case, 80 points higher than league average right now. Every one of these guys hitting better than, than league average up and down this lineup. And it's just the pitching from night to night that, that keeps this team from, from winning it's more games. such a great point. That's why the trade deadline, 24 days away, is so awesome. Because imagine like a Jose Barrios mm-hmm. ending up with the Blue Jays. Right. Or a Trevor Story ending up in the athletics lineup or something like that. I mean, just the possibilities of, of how you can jack your team up headed into the uh, final two months is uh, just, you know, tantalizing for some of these franchises. And then for others, it's like, hey, fans, we're done. Enjoy yeah. the next two months. The one guy I didn't even mention there is George Springer because he's just been out so long right. that his, you know, his his average is still low because he has so few at bats. But I mean, you look at him and it's like, what if he, what if he starts hitting the ball too? And, you and know. For, and for those of us who spent a lot of time in the Bay Area, uh, as Danielle and I did, or anybody who was just a good baseball fan, the Marcus Semyon, you know. Different, you know, going from the athletics mm-hmm. to the Blue Jays, kind of knew that was just an awesome move for the Blue yeah. Jays. And after a while with the A's, you're just like, how many great players can you give up and still expect to compete? And yet there they are. They're the A's, still in this thing. Uh, let's talk a little basketball. Let's bring him in. Uh, he is, by the way, on Twitter, uh, known as the Sports Cheetah. You can uh, follow him there. All of the stuff that he does is there. He does a little show called Bets. Uh, well, he's on Bets TV. He does a little show called Last Word Cheetah, where bookends on the Game Plus Network uh, in the morning on the radio side. It's Preston Johnson, everybody. How you doing, Preston? I'm good. How are you guys? Welcome, and uh, thanks for having me. Thank you for uh, for making the time. Let me just talk. Well, you got that Dodgers hat on, so I was going to talk NBA first, but since you have the Dodgers hat on, <laughs> Uh, how good are you feeling about this team? Like the the first half of the season was almost a uh, dress rehearsal, it feels like, and now it's time to get some guys back and just win this whole thing. Is that your attitude? Yeah, I mean they're going to be in the mix, I think, regardless. I'll say this: I'm I'm surprised, and I did a segment on this last week, or maybe it was like the week before. But the Giants, and you mentioned Bay Area, and just this whole NL West is just so weird to me because uh, a month in, it was okay. Well, the Giants are obviously overperforming. The Padres are going to be really good, and the Dodgers are going to be really good. And then the, you know, the the the, the Giants have just figured it out to an extent where they're manufacturing runs and you know ERA and everything, the underlying metrics on both sides. You know, they're probably a legitimate top six or seven team in baseball. So uh, it's been fun as rivals Dodgers giants. And I have a good buddy. That's a giants fan and we're going at it, but I anticipate the Dodgers will ultimately pull away and, and win that division. I think you mentioned uh, Jason bet something was it the division price in the minus two hundreds range. He added to it, but uh, yeah, they, they just have way more talent and they're adding to it when it's all said and done. So I think they'll ultimately uh, take it down. All right, Preston, let's take a look here at the NBA Finals. And, you know, we head into last night, and it was the, okay, we're going to find out about Giannis after warm-ups. And they, they didn't do that, and they said, okay, we've got to go have a meeting with everybody to see what Giannis' situation is going to be. Then we find out that Giannis is going to to play. We were watching, you know, getting crude cell phone vo- footage and trying to be online doctors <laughs> to decide whether, you know, the, the knee looked good through, through all of that. I mean, when the news came through to you, I mean, we were talking about it here on the – on the show, um, you know, DraftKings actually didn't even move the line at all. Like they just, they just stayed put on the five and a half. Everyone else kind of moved to four and a half, but it was as if the market just kind of looked and said, uh, you know, I, maybe we're not too sold on what Giannis is going to do or whether his presence here is going to be that big of a deal. Um, what did you take of, of all that and how things went down whenever, you know, that I guess we had about 40 minutes kind of leading into, into the game there. 
Sure. I was thinking, I mean, I think it's super fascinating. You had a spread that was mostly six for the majority of the day. And I think maybe some of the Giannis playing news may have leaked ahead of time. It moved to five and a half most places. Then when it was official and it only went to four and a half, and then by the way, actually closed five just about everywhere. So went back up. Giannis is worth a lot more than that to a point spread. I thought that the six was indicative of the fact the market was expecting him not to play game one. So for this to only move a point, it was either the expectation that Giannis just wouldn't be nearly as effective or healthy, even though he was playing or playing, you know, severely limited minutes. And what's interesting is obviously the sun's covered and, you know, take end up taking it in game one regardless, but Giannis looked at least relatively. Okay. He's better than the option of him not playing at all. And so uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by, you know, this game two price, you know, five and a half fives in the market. Um, I know the totals moved down from 221 to 219, 219 and a half. I, I would only look that direction. I, I thought again, and I, I think I mentioned this either with Gil at one point earlier in the week on his show, or uh, it may have been elsewhere. I apologize if it's a repeat Gil, but if Giannis had never been hurt, my personal projections, and I've been upgrading the Suns and what DeAndre Aiden's been doing game one, what 22 and 19, I think uh, the last big to have a, at least a 15 and 15 in his first playoff NBA finals perf- uh, performance was Tim Duncan who had a 15 and 15 and eight and had a 22 and 19. So credit him. I've been upgrading the Suns. They're extremely good. I still had a bucks, a 51% favorite despite no home court advantage against Phoenix. Again, this is healthy Giannis. So for this to have closed five with a somewhat unhealthy Giannis, I was a little surprised. And then I, I think uh, he looked at least okay enough that they'll, they'll be able to keep it closer potentially win game two. Yeah, so that was my question earlier, Preston, which was, uh, okay, Phoenix wins, they win by 13, and there's, you know, if you're the Phoenix Suns, you got to be thrilled about that. you got to be thrilled about the fact that, uh, hey, look, the Bucks made 16 three-pointers, and we still beat them yeah. by 13. And, you know, we got to see some Giannis, so we're pr- pretty pumped about that. But the, the flip side really is, and I sort of go to the Buck side a little more, which is I think they can even in defeat spin this nicely and say they got 10 more free throw attempts than we did. By the way, the Suns converted almost all of them, which was fabulous for them. But they got 10 more attempts, if you're the Bucks, And our 16 three-pointers made, as I said earlier, they're actually not good, the Suns defending the arc. So that might be sustainable. And we got more from Giannis than we ever expected in Game 1. That only pretends, you know, to be a better thing moving forward. So I don't know. If I'm the Bucks, I'm, I'm very strangely buoyed, even in defeat. Would you be that way? I think you can make the argument both ways, and I'm pulling up right now just the box score quick. I don't recall. I think did Drew Holiday finished with eight or nine points. I don't think it was more than that, and it was ten. So he went to the free throw and he had ten. He was four for fourteen. He didn't hit any threes. So I think you expect some sort of positive regression there for the Bucks in that sense. Giannis is better. I, I think they missed him and Brook Lopez missed like a combined ten tip-ins at the at the basket. So you know potential layups that maybe they generally would make a higher percentage there. I, I am a little bit worried, and um, I know we're kind of turning the the wheel here to to Suns-centered uh, focus, but like Chris Wall, Chris Chris Paul, excuse me. Shout out Chris Wall if he's listening. Chris Paul. <laughs> I do know a Chris Wall, so that was just a a little slip. I apologize. So he's probably one of the best game solvers we've seen, possession by possession. It literally like treats everyone as a as a puzzle piece. And early on yesterday, what did we see? He was just doing pick and roll and getting switches on to Brooke Lopez and PJ Tucker and taking them off the dribble. Or when Bobby Portis went into the game, it was him too. So then, what did the Bucks finally counter and do 
in that late third quarter, kind of in through the beginning of the fourth stretch when Paul wasn't even on the floor, they went small, they were switching everything. And so when Paul comes back on the fourth quarter, he just treats it as like a puzzle, man. He just figures it out. And he says, we don't care that you're going no big. Now I won't be able to take Tucker or Portis or Lopez off the dribble. We're just going to find Bryn Forbes then over there in the corner or Pat Connaughton down there on the block. And I know we can't get a pick and roll immediately and get the switch we want. So we're going to run one pick and roll and then spin it back and run it back the other way while Crowder's setting a screen off ball to bring Connaughton in a switch on the third pick and roll. We were, And they would get down to seven seconds in the shot clock patience and he just solved the Bucks defense and then he attacked Connaughton and Bryn Forbes off the dribble and it was just the same thing over and over and I, I'm ultimately worried just from a series macro standpoint that he's just too good ultimately with the three-point shooting by the way what Booker and Crowder went one of 13 combined from yeah. three mm-hmm. and they still went by 13 so I love that the argument can go both ways and I think it kind of speaks to one that Ultimately, it was a great game one. I thought both teams played pretty well, and there was talking points on each side. And that two, I don't think we can definitively say one team has a massive uh, you know, edge over the other quite yet, other than the Giannis factor, which at least was somewhat positive for the Milwaukee side. You bring up Booker, and I mean, this is now six games in a row where he has been pretty inefficient from the floor. I mean, when we take a look and we start kind of starting in that, you know, about game three there of uh, of the uh, conference finals, I mean, we're looking at, you know, 31% from the floor, 23% from the floor, 36% from the floor, 38% from the floor, 38 again last night. He shot 28% in that series with the Clippers from three. He won of eight last night from three. Um if again, if we're trying to paint a picture where you know the Bucks can have kind of a rosy outlook on this, I mean, is is it? Oh, hey, look! At least Devin Booker is not playing all that well. If we can figure out how to slow down Chris Paul, maybe we have a shot here. Or is it just the opposite and say like, oh wow, Devin Booker is actually very inefficient, and we're still losing by thirteen here. We're in trouble. That's a good point. I think uh, a couple of things. One, I think he got to the free throw line 10 times, made all 10. So when you're kind of looking from a, a true shooting percentage or perspective, uh, he's obviously a lot more efficient when you add the 10 free throws to his 21 uh, shot attempts and 27 points ends up being fairly average, probably for a Devin Booker game. Now other games he'll shoot better from the field and he won't have 10 you know points from the free throw line, but it balances some. I think What's interesting, I had this conversation with somebody else, uh, and I am a Lakers fan, LA, right? I even got like the Kobe love back there. Mm. Uh, It's it, he's a little bit reminiscent of Kobe, and uh, you know, Kobe always gets a bad reputation because he wasn't as efficient as LeBron or some of these other guys. And one thing that really comes true and comes to fruition in the playoffs in the NBA, especially again the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals, the end of shot clock, like we just need a shot up with less than five seconds and we had nothing work the first 19 to 20 seconds of possession for Booker to be able to hit like 40% of those is really okay. It's a lot better than most players in the world can do. And then when Kobe would shoot 44, 45%, people would knock him. And it's like, man, they're getting either really, really good shots earlier in the clock or Chris Paul's getting the sun's really good shots early in the clock. Or if it's the late clock where the possessions just don't work out because you're not going to, you know, hit about a thousand. Booker's taking tough mid-range or threes or getting to the line. Like you're going to live with that, and I think that's actually um, at least somewhat positive on the Devin Booker side. And they don't need him to regress to shooting, you know, 50 plus percent or having a 40, 10, and 10 game because he is the guy that's kind of clawing them out of those percentage of possessions where they need something late. And those ones are so efficient compared to say even like a Drew Holiday or Giannis. Like we're, we we got to do something. And even PJ Tucker was caught like two or three times 
where he had the ball with three seconds left. And all he's, all he does for like the last five years is stand in a corner and shoot threes. Mm -hmm. And he had the ball and he had to try to make something happen off the dribble. And he passed it off. It turned into a really bad shot. When you have Booker, they can take those percentage of possessions and make them at least somewhat efficient. Uh, that goes a long way. So I, I think the Booker stuff is is totally right on. If he starts shooting 45, 50% plus, then it's it's over. But they don't need him to, I don't think, either. That said, we got two minutes here, Preston, talking to Preston Johnson. Um, what do you do with game two tomorrow night? Bucks are five and a half point dogs again. And as, as you and I, I believe, talked about earlier, all right, so this was the moment for that we were talking about with if you had pre-series conviction on the Bucks. all right, they did go ahead and, and lose game one. We didn't know what kind of version of Giannis we'd get, if Giannis at all. And now you can get them plus to 70-ish on the series price. And you could play Giannis as a proxy MVP at 6-1, to one, Chris Middleton at 7-1. to one. How do you play this? How are you going to play it in game two and beyond? So I wish we were well enough uh, rooted in whether it's the medical field or just in the Bucks locker room, like just because he played game one, and looked great. I'm still a little bit worried that he didn't look as good in the second half. How fast can he recoup and bounce back in game two? I think the general consensus is, Hey, he'll only get better as he goes. I'm not sure that's necessarily the case, uh, but from a straight numbers perspective, you know, this, I, I think it should be like my numbers 2.7. And that's with Giannis. I think uh, I adjusted him to playing about 25 minutes in each of these games. So uh, if you were to play more minutes and be healthy, the number I think would even be lower. So can you trust the numbers? Can you trust the Giannis will be at least relatively what he showed in game one? I mean, I would only look the bucks way at this point. Uh, I did like under at 221. I thought that opened a little bit too high, but the fact that the bucks did shoot pretty well from three and just the amount of times. And then the 25 for 26 that the Suns got to the free throw line. And uh, I expected some regression there. Now the market's 219 and a half, 219. I think it's closer to, to where it should probably ends up around 218. But uh, that, that's my only look I think is bucks just because uh, it's a numbers play and a sheer trust that Giannis can at least duplicate a game one performance, which wasn't even great, but it's hopefully good enough. Um, but it's a really tough spot and it's, it's kind of feels like too much of a gamble to really put too much stock in. All right. Preston Johnson, everybody from bets TV. Again, the uh, show is last word cheetah and everybody can get the information on all the stuff you do on your Twitter at sports cheetah. Yep. Yeah, that's good. I appreciate the shout out. Appreciate the time. All right. Preston Johnson, everybody uh, with his take on uh, the NBA finals. Uh, at least after game one. And he's right. I mean, so much, you know, if we were doctors, this would be a whole lot clearer a for lot sure. Easier. By the it way, I, I, you know, that, that best totals better I know that I, that I keep referencing, he has jumped in on the over in this game. Over All game right. two. He likes the over there. Didn't touch the total in game one. Late first pitch tonight for the Yankees, but uh, Domingo Armand has been scratched. Emergency root canal oh. for him. Uh, Nick Nelson is going to make the start for the Yankees tonight. Emergency root canal. Ow. Wow. Didn't you have a root canal at some point yeah. recently? Yeah. It wasn't an emergency, fortunately. If, if you had it, would you have missed the show with an emergency root canal? If it had to happen like, yeah, right yeah, there? Probably. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Nick I Nelson. believe Matt got his done, though. was at the show the next day. Uh, well, yeah, yeah or he day was. Of. I don't even remember. Uh, Nick Nelson is now a plus 110 dog there to the uh, Mariners. Matt also came in with a floating rib, which is still afloat. It's still afloat. Yeah. It's yeah. still afloat. Every show's my flu show. <laughs> Plays hurt every night. Come back. We'll update everything. Uh, Canadians on a power play, but it looks like uh, Tampa Bay is going to kill it off. Still scoreless. Oh, boy. Montreal and Tampa Bay. Coming back on Beeson's Primetime Action. Hey. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Back on Vison's primetime action from the South Point Gill, Matt, Danielle, Kelly. Gilliam. The reason I paused before what, what did you want to say? Gilliam. Gilliam. That's what we're going with. I paused before Kelly because Kelly was, uh, well, gotten a little fracas with Isaiah downstairs. What's the deal? You you, you and Tots? Preston look like, you, is that the whole thing with the beard? He, he was upset, yeah, I guess, that no, nobody mentioned that me and Preston looked 
alike. Oh, the beards, yeah. I don't want to say we've been. I made a comment about it. What's that? I texted Matt about it. I said you guys should have a beard off. But here's the thing, though. His beard, so I always have beard. Does someone instantly look like someone else just because of their facial hair? Because yeah. like I don't so know if y'all's facial yeah. structure yeah. Yeah. looks was, the same. There really. was face shape. It's because it's the just, beard is the same shape at the bottom, which gives oh, you he, the illusion. Is much fuller. He, I've always had beard envy for Preston Johnson. Is it mm-hmm. not true that you have walked through the South Point and someone berated oh, you? Oh yeah, once upon a time. I'll tell that story real quick. I yeah. believe Matt and I were getting done with a weekday Green Zone show, and it was the night of the NBA All-Star Game uh, 2020, and I was walking uh, walking out the door here to my car, and uh, some gentleman got in my face and was like, hey, nice call on the under in the All-Star Game. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, he's like, yeah, I've seen you in that studio doing TV shows. You're on that ESPN show every day. Nice call on the under. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you got the wrong guy, man. Yeah. You got the wrong guy. Just because we have a similarly shaped beard, do you think <laughs> exactly. I made that call? You're like, I definitely said the under. <laughs> like, like, you know, whatever. A um, couple first pitches coming. We got the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Antonio Sensatella and Umberto Castellano. And that is uh, about a coin flip, actually, if you want to take either the Rockies or the Diamondbacks. There we got the Cardinals and the Giants. Johan Oviedo and Alex Wood. And Wood is a minus 175. The Giants are starting to get into that territory where they are big favorites every night. Respect. Yeah. Uh, Minus 175, plus 145 if you want the Cardinals. we got the Nats and the Padres. Patrick Corbin in the always interesting Chris Paddock on the hill for the Padres. Minus 177 on Paddock and the Padres. Corbin and the Nats, plus 150 underdogs. And as we mentioned that late, 10-10 Eastern, 7-10 Pacific. Nick Nelson, now your starter for the Yankees. Um... Domingo Armand with an emergency root canal. Emergency root canal there. Yusei Kikuchi is the starter for the Mariners. He's now a minus 127 favorite. Yusei Kikuchi, another one of these guys that you wonder if the Mariners at the trade deadline would think of unloading him after a great half season uh, or everything they really expected from Kikuchi mm-hmm. when he first came up anyway. And, uh, or, or do they keep him and, and make a run? I don't know. Another guy. Um, by the way, Tampa Bay and uh, Montreal, which is still scoreless here in the second period, there was no power play happening, but Tampa Bay might as well have been on one on five-on-five, five, equal strength, full strength, because they were peppering Carey Price and could not get it through, still scoreless, 14-23 left of the second period in Tampa Bay, or at Tampa to Bay. Salt him. They need to pepper him. They need to everything him. <laughs> I don't care. Do whatever you got to do. Let's get this Bay done. Bayleaf, all of them. Yes. All of the seasonings. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Come D- on, man. Danielle, how are you? Deal with this. How anymore. are your bets coming tonight? I don't want to watch uh, any more hockey. Just like every WNBA total bet I seem to make, just down to the wire here. Just on pace to go over, but just barely. And then the Wings have been up for the last two quarters. Uh, we're starting the fourth quarter here. Uh, they're up by three right now over the links. So that's good for my Wings plus four. And then I did add a couple baseball bets, including uh, Rockies and Diamondbacks. Yes, run first inning. Um, and then I bet my first no run first inning. In I don't know how many days must must have been three weeks at least on the Yankees and Mariners game Who are before you? the pitching change though. Oh, so, yeah, I don't know any I don't know anything about a Nick Nelson. So bummer. I got to be honest. With but you. let's hope there's no yeah. run in the first inning. You're betting these that. action. So in yeah. other words, pitchers not listed. Yeah, it wasn't listed pitcher for the first inning bets. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. By the way, Matt, real quick, Wings, Links, name the name the uh, the cities the city or states. Of their origin. Dallas Wings. Mm-hmm. Links. Minnesota. Okay. Wow. Progress. Sparks. Progress. Nevada. By the way, Lisa Sparks, Leslie's Nevada. birthday today. So if the Sparks don't show up and LA, hit this right? over, 
Yeah. Wow. Lisa Leslie reference. Disgrace. Disgrace yeah. Sparks team if they don't show up and help me hit this over. We should, be, we should be up two to nothing. We, <laughs> we really should. This is not a map. Kucherov has had multiple opportunities. You guys are really have be. adopted the Tampa Bay Lightning as the pronoun we. Yeah, here's we here's, should be up. Yeah, you, you don't know. Wow, we've worked for the team, we've played for the team. Yo, come on. The sooner that this series, the, the sooner they score, the sooner this series is over, and then we don't have to watch hockey anymore the rest of this year. I, I'll be honest with you. I have I, been I love, mad at Don't you say you're going to miss hockey? I love you guys, and I want you to win your bets on the Lightning, all of you. But you I, won't I would be entertained you won't if this chaos. lasted yeah. one more day. You want chaos? One more game. I'm okay. I, I just want, like, well, oh no, but you have a four to one. You have a four to one. I have a four to one. That's okay. why I'm so All right. into well, this. Then I won't seven. be, then That'll I won't be, be so flippant. Yeah, I'm so into this. Zero, zero. It's getting tight. Dude, 13 minutes left in the line. second period. Uh, we'll come back. We have to do a golf one and done. Do we not, Kelly? We doing that? Yes, we do. Golf one and done. Kelly crushing us. But there's plenty of time. Maybe the comeback begins tonight. Right here on Prime Primetime Action. your betting headquarters for UFC 264. We're bringing you in-depth analysis of the McGregor Poirier main event, plus key bouts on the undercard from our full team of experts, including Lou Finacaro, Reed Kuhn, and Jordan Sherwood. Sign up for the free VSIN newsletter to receive our digital guide and tune in Saturday at noon Eastern for First Strike, our live preview show hosted by Dave Ross. Get everything you need for betting on UFC 264 and sign up now for the free UFC 264 betting guide at vcin.com slash free guild. Halfway through the hockey game, or at least regulation time, scoreless. Montreal still on a power play here. Tampa Bay trying to kill it off. Had a shorthanded attempt moments ago. And, oh, ooh, that one just got by Vasilevsky. Um, so, oh, that's a pepper. There's a rebound, but there Montreal can't get to it. Not enough pepper. It, it is pepper. crazy when that puck just hangs out oh, in front of yeah. the net every once in a while. Yeah, it is, uh, it is tight here in game number five. Golf going on this week. Now, of course, the, the final major of the golf season is next week, which is, again, with the new, new-ish golf schedule, it's a little different than it used to be. The PGA, which used to be the last major, has been moved up in between the Masters and the U.S. Open to become the second major of the calendar year. So it is the Open Championship, which we used to call the British Open when we were kids, by the way. Um, the Open Championship is the f- final one, and that is a week away. So we have, as we discussed with Wes Reynolds earlier, there's the Scottish Open going on here stateside. There's the John Deere Classic uh, but I'm guessing you guys have some bets on it nonetheless. I'm not playing either one of these all that hard because, again, it's another one of those. One, we're right, we're leading into a major, so I'm going to like try and focus a, a lot of my attention on that. And then, two, just it, it always comes out to where I just don't know what these guys are going to be doing, you know, in these tournaments, whether it is like a how serious they're going to take it, how, you know, if they're trying to go out there and fine tune things. You look at this Scottish Open as well. Kelly, I'm sure you saw like the weather report is like, Horrible. It's supposed yeah. to like rain every single day there. Like the winds are pro- probably going to pick up like over the weekend. Like it's going to be just miserable. Like, could you imagine being like close to the cut line on Friday going, 
I'm like, I don't really care if I miss uh, this. Especially if you're like, like a Justin Thomas. I don't Thomas. really care if I miss this guy. Yeah, especially if you're like a Justin Thomas. Like, yeah, let me take two days yeah, off yeah, like, and go prepare for the real yeah, tournament. I don't think I really care if I miss this cut or not, you yeah. know? So, I, I don't know. Motivation always comes into it for me. I mean, obviously, like, if, and that's, I'm talking about the big names. I mean, any of these mid-level guys, I mean, you, you need to make the cut. You need to make money. And, like, you you, you know, it's the only way you get paid. So, I, I totally understand that. I'll probably take a couple of – I've looked at a couple of the longer-ish, mid-tier-ish guys. I mean, it's funny that Wes mentioned Brandon Grace because that was another guy. I, if you remember that, I, I also got that yeah. outright on yeah. him that week. Um, I actually had a had a look at him um, this morning in that one. Matthew Fitzpatrick has played much, much better overseas than he has in the States. And he had, his form is not all that great right now, but maybe getting back over there and kind of getting back on his home turf and – and you know where he is, where he feels much more, where he feels much more at home, and um, has had a lot more success. Maybe something like that for me on him. But yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm going to have a ton here, uh, a ton of outlay here on the golf side of things. Yeah, Scottish Open. I got to be honest, man. I, I didn't. I, I barely even considered. I saw saw the weather stuff like you, like like you and Westbo said. The motivation's always a question. Uh, and then, frankly, it's just harder for. For us to uh, the way you and I model stuff, in incorporating European stat, European tour stats, a little bit more difficult. So I mean, that's something uh, I really didn't look at it much. I did dive into the John Deere Classic uh, that will be going on in Illinois this weekend. Um, that is going to be a par seventy-one at TPC Deer Run, about a seventy-two hundred. Uh, yard uh, course there venue uh it's got bent grass greens is what we're looking at it, it's another scores course this is just like last week it's gonna you're gonna see a lot of low scores this weekend uh 2019 tournament Ooh, lightning goal who scored colton tampa bay oh my god biscuit Cash it. in Put the basket the money in the account here we go director jeremy with a 20 to 1 on him for first goal i believe really yeah. whoa one to nothing like how many did he bet uh, though? coleman not how coleman. many did he bet what did i say never mind coleman he had uh, no, not what oh, I had. <laughs> oh those are coleman and a colton sure of course yeah oh, very upsetting that's okay I you're gonna, you're gonna you're gonna win the Vasilevsky Trophy. <laughs> That's right, the Vasilevsky Trophy coming home. Uh, anyways, about, yeah, back to this tournament in 2019. Bet at scoring average was 69.5 on this on this course. So yeah, we're gonna see a lot of low scores from a lot of guys. Um, as far as things that uh, and th- 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 just like last week. The variance with putting is going to be the key. Uh, last three winners here have all gained se- uh, seven, 7.5 strokes or more on the greens putt- putting. Um, and then some of the things I looked heavily at, past five winners here, uh, only one ranked outside the top ten in par five scoring for the week. It's something you're going to see quite often on these scorers' courses. So that was something I factored in pretty heavily with the statistics. The one thing that the guys keep saying about this course. You talk this about week, being a scorers' course, though. Like, it's been you, of, the, of the last winners, they were all like, a lot of them were bombs, right? I mean, like oh, for Telly, yes. was like ninety to one. Kim was like two hundred or something to one, or yeah, whatever we got it was. Up right now, three hundred. Oh yeah, to one. yeah. Bryson was fifty at the time because he was, you know, he wasn't like Bryson of today. More twenty five. Yes, I mean, like it, it with with the variance of a scorer's course like this, where guys that you know, all these golfers are awesome. Yeah. The the difference what happens is when you play these other courses where you have to start shaping shots and you have to start doing all you know the strategic stuff comes into play but these courses where it's just like straight up and it's a scorer's like like all these guys can go score. They're they're yeah. like professional golfers like they're they're really really good at this and so when that doesn't come into play that's where you start seeing these like 90 to 1s and 200 to 1s and all that because it's just like 
they're really good at golf. So yeah, and the uh, it, like this is another course where di- distance isn't going to matter as much. Uh, one thing that was really interesting diving into this, Matt, was how how much these guys, the guys that the course had talked about, how how tough the rough is usually at this course, and it's even they they thought it was worse this weekend. So I really factored in. Honestly, fairways gain, which is a stat that I almost never really look at, yeah. but it was really important to get in the fairway, get on the green, because they all talked about the rough being really bad around the green yeah. and, and off the fairway. The rough is bad, but the fairways are easy to hit. Exactly. Like, Why so fairways? It's yep. one of the. It's one of the actually like seventy-two percent like fairway accuracy, and which is like way, way, way high or whatever. So it's like they're the. You don't want to be off the fairway, however. They should be hitting the fairway. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, seven par fours in between 400 and 450 yards. So that was something I looked at heavily. Um, and then a lot of the putting categories uh, that we talked about last week, opportunities gained, birdie or betters gained, um, and then the approach, strokes gained approach, and then proximity between 125 and 175 yards. I got to tell you, Kevin Streelman, man, I, Matt, I'm not really sure I've had a guy that's popped up in my models that was so heavy. So high up there in almost every one of these categories. So mm. I am very heavy on Kevin Streelman this week. And then I played uh, I played some other guys, not not uh, not nearly as heavily. But uh, Sibu Kim, Aaron Wise, Hank Lebiota, had to go back to him. He's been hot as heck the past couple weeks. Uh, Kyle Stanley mixed into some derivatives. Um, so, yeah, that's my, that's my card here for the John Deere Classic. Okay. We'll come back. We will do our one and done. I promise you that. Uh, next, and we'll get the uh, the number on Colton scoring first and an eight-time goal for Colton for you. It's Beeson's Primetime Action, live from the South Point here in Las Vegas. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, You don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade 
lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. for the DraftKings Sportsbook now and get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Simply download the app and use promo code VSEN to get started with the only top-rated sportsbook that matters, DraftKings. You can bet on it. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Gil. Danielle Ross Colton, 20 to 1. For uh, those who bet him to score the first goal per DraftKings today, plus 390 anytime goal. You did not have that, Matt Brown. Did not. Did not. Thought I, about I, it. Didn't. Yeah. We're just hap- We're very happy about it. That's we all are, we are very happy yes. about it. We're just very happy about this. It's a it's a trifecta for me tonight if this holds. So let's just uh, let's get this thing home. Lightning just under 23 minutes away from winning back to back Stanley Cups. So. We shall see. We should have gone back to the well with that two nothing exact uh, uh, score, uh, Matt. Oh, right. That's, that's looking like we're in a pretty good spot for that right now. <laughs> if only that were tonight that you bet that. If only. Yeah, but what Should've did I say Andy. when you bet it last time? I said because you bet it, it's not going to happen. But once you don't, it will, and that's exactly. what that's what's have. happening here. That's what's happening. That, that is the key to the you know the blackjack table side yes. bets. Uh huh. The you walk past the roulette wheel and you're kind of like I would have bet 17 that time and then you just keep uh, walking you turn back and then it hits 17 and you're like of course it did. you always get those did. friends that want to play the blackjack side bets you know and you're like don't play them don't play them yeah. don't play them and they're like all right fine I'll stop playing and, them. Then, they and, then, the and then they get the two yeah or whatever <laughs> you get they they get the two ace of spades that would have paid at whatever yeah. two thousand you either got to play it every time or don't play it no. at all well we, we got a one and done yeah we got a one and done let's do that. Um, I'm actually, while I was on my phone there, I was engaged in a little back and forth about my one and done. Ooh. Um, so, cause I was debating who to go here. He's and bringing so, a ringer for his decision. This well, week. it's, it's uh, a gentleman oh, I mentioned earlier on the show. We are going, I think I said this to you already, but we haven't said it on air. Our one and done this week, either Scottish open or. Oh, yes. Oh, twist. Ooh, the twist. Yes. I don't, I don't know if anybody's going Scottish, but yeah. Oh, the twist. All right. Uh, who gets, uh, how do we do this now? Matt does not want to go. He doesn't want to go after me. Right. 
No, it's fine. I'm playing the tractor. Uh, I got Maverick McNeely. He's playing the tractor. I'm playing John the tractor Deere. tournament. Gil, you were Maverick me. McNeely. I don't care. You go. He, he had a listen. If you kind of look at him, he's like an under the radar, fairly good at these shorter ish courses. Played well at Pebble. Played well at Harbor Town. And so, like, I think that you know, in the field like this, where it's not very star studded, you know, guy can uh, guy can probably where, where's he where's he on outrights? Is he? Oh, well, he's only forty to one. So you can tell the the strength of the field when Maverick McNeely's forty to one. Yes. But uh, yeah, um, g- gonna take him here in the one and done. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Aaron Wise. Okay. Wow. And, and Matt, only because I I didn't remember this, but I used Kevin Streelman with our third tournament of the year. Oh. So, yes, oh. I would have been on Streelman, but I already used him. And guess what? I would be on Siwoo if I hadn't used him already, but I have. So, uh, Aaron Wise, I will be on this week. So, I was going to go Siwoo Kim. I couldn't remember if I'd played him before, but I thought how rich it would be. If Siwoo won it, and I took the lead over you, who's in the lead because Siwoo won you a tournament. That's pretty good. Uh, but then randomly, Todd Wright, uh, who I mentioned earlier on the show, the uh, host of uh, All Night with Todd Wright, has his own podcast, the Todd Wright Toddcast, wherever podcasts are distributed. And also uh, during fantasy football season, during the football season, the Todd Wright Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, he heard that we were about to play a one and done, and then he offered up. I did not request it, so I did not like you know request a uh, any uh, lifeline on it. But he said he and his one and done has taken Brian Harmon. So you know who I'm taking? I'm taking Brian Harmon. Yeah, Har- Harmon was up there on my stuff, Matt. I just can't, like, it's it hard for me to play Harmon at 13 to 1. We, we didn't really get to talk about that last segment. Yes, Daniel Berger's the best player in this field. He ranks out the best statistically on stuff. I'm just not playing him at 11 to 1. He might be a guy I might be able to add in, uh, in tournament, but no interest pre-tournament. Brian Harmon... I just can't play at that number, but for a one and done, I, you know, it doesn't matter. So, yeah, like that's great. Russell Henley at 20 to 1, like that's. <laughs> I've played Russell Henley this year at like 90 to 1 multiple times. Todd yeah. informs me that Brian Harmon, eight of his last nine tournaments, top 20, and a former champ here at the John Deere Classic, of course. Aaron Wise, as far as talent goes in, in, a, in a weaker field like this, he's probably better than all but. Five or six guys, like like talent. Yes, like yes, he's probably like he doesn't put it all together like Every time, for four yeah. rounds like very often. But like as far as like just pure talent wise, he's probably better than like <laughs> maybe all but five. Uh, Gil, I've got Brian Harmon and you know this tournament. He is seventh in strokes gained over the past five years. So that's okay. pretty good. Yep. Thank you. Uh, I'm I'm laughing because I, I looked over to my right and Danielle has officially reached the. I am now watching out. my bet and nothing I'm, I'm else. I'm sweating phase. both of my bets now. <laughs> We've just like a huge swing here. Uh, the links have outscored the wings uh, 20 to 12 in the fourth quarter. Uh, so my over is in jeopardy here. Uh, doesn't look good. And also the wings are, are down by three right now. So just really a sweat here. So you need to catch overtime here to get the over? Not necessarily, but yeah, that would be great. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's like 126 left in that game. I'm like, was this the third quarter? I'm like, oh, it's the fourth. That's <laughs> what I should yeah, that's 80 why. to 77, Minnesota over Dallas. So what do you need there? 157? I have the wings plus four. So right now they're down by three. And then I need over 167 and a half. Oh, well, you could still win the side. Yeah. But, but the yeah, 160. Yeah, I know. Dream I know. big. I know. <laughs> I understand. Um, one minute left in the second period. One nothing Tampa Bay. Uh, Montreal had a shot pretty soon after Tampa Bay scored, but uh, pass just went by the goalpost. Um, I know it's not called the goalpost, but you know it was it was a shot. It was a 
looked like a pass and a shot both at the same time, sort of split the difference, so it was not a uh, executed pass. And so one uh, nothing Tampa Bay here in the closing seconds of the second period. Oh, man, terrible defense. Tampa, Braden Point almost got all the way in. Um, they made a call there, and we have, it appears, a penalty. Montreal cheated on that. Yeah, they cheated. So Cheating. Braden Point, who looked like, I don't know what he was doing, one on two, but he split the D. We should get a PK here. And drew the penalty. You should get a PK. Yes. Drew the penalty. And so Tampa Bay's going on a power play, which will extend into the uh, third period if necessary. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'll tell you one thing. There was a... Uh, it's a lot more egregious contact on that than went on that yes. penalty uh, kick in the soccer game. Yes. I mean, I know the two different sports, but still. Yeah. Astros up three to one on the A's. The fifty-three and thirty-three Astros there, Gil. Um mm-hmm. Garcia on the hill for them again. They we were talking about the the pitching for this team and how it is really has really stood up so far. Garcia, five innings, two hits. Seven Ks so far for him. His, his ERA in the season is three point oh six, and then we talk about these other teams that that have that are just outperforming really the rest of the league, almost top to bottom. You can't really get past this Astros team when you talk about that. Altuve hitting two eighty seven with a three seventy one OBP. Uh, Brantley three forty with a three eighty five. Guriel three seventeen with a three eighty five. Jordan Alvarez three oh six with a three seventy six. Correa's hitting two ninety two with a three ninety one. So like these guys are getting on even when they're not getting base hits, they're getting on base as well, right? I mean, all these guys hovering around high three hundreds, if not you know flirting with four hundred OBPs. To go along with, you know, Tucker, who's having an awesome season, 262 with a 320. I mean, like, top to bottom, this Astros, uh, Altuve with a three-run homer already in this game. His 19th, by the way. Altuve's got 19 home wow. runs. Yeah. Uh, like quiet, under, kind of under the radar. A quiet 19. Yeah. Well, it's because everybody else is just going nuts. Yeah, because everyone else is just going berserk. But it's like your you're, you're five foot six second baseman yeah. has 19 home runs with all So let me just ask, because we never, we always are way too in the weeds or, you know, we get cute with all of our sports bets and stuff. But let me just ask the, the sports talk radio question about baseball. Dodgers and Astros in the World Series? Like, isn't that where it all starts and anybody else might be a bit of a surprise. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Because you yeah, have the I Astros. But I, I sure hope so because yeah. I got Dodger stuff. I'll take it. Yeah. I don't have either, but I'd be really into that World Series. I sure hope so. As we uh, get to the end of two, heading into the third here, this is, I'm I'm telling you the, the truth, uh, the Lightning are 10 to 1, like minus 1,000 uh, to Wait, win. What are the Canadians back? Canadians are 6 to 1. You want them down a down goal, one goal, six down to one. a goal, six to one. Boy, that's tempting. That's tempting. That is very tempting. You know why it's tempting? Because it's hockey. <laughs> Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Live total of three, three, three goals. Danielle's still down three. It's just, yeah. She's catching four. One of these would be great. Oh, <laughs> man, they've missed like their last four three pointers. 30 oh. seconds left. They, they got a foul, too, right? So that's where you get the worst of it here because now you got a foul. I mean, so, I have the lightning, but six to one seems egregious. It does. Six to one. <laughs> seems egregious, doesn't it? It's one goal. If I can find a six to one in town, I'm betting it. I think the the highest I'm seeing here in Vegas is plus five twenty-five. Yeah, let me uh check on this here. Which you know, because I'm such an experienced hockey better. It's where I draw the line, man. Like, okay. Like, five twenty-five, <laughs> no way. <laughs> no six way. for sure, you know, I'd play it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's how precise you're being. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, six to one. I'm in. Anything lower? No. <laughs> I'll check here what I got. Do, that's do, what do, my do. in-game hockey model says. We are we are but twenty. <laughs> we are but twenty minutes. Game minutes. 
away from no longer having Andy McNeil on the show. I, I only see plus 538. I'm definitely not playing that now that I know there's a six to one out there. Oh, killer. Oh, Danielle. Uh, so, here, Danielle down five. That's Where, how like much? a groan of a losing bet. Right how many are you catching here? Two, four? Four points? Plus four for the wings and over 167 and a half. Okay. You need a bucket. Yep. Oh, offensive foul. That's not good. Oh, mm. This Ooh. is just, this, this fourth quarter couldn't have gone worse. Interesting. So, a WNBA ref in a game, a two-possession game with 20 seconds left, calls the offensive foul against the yeah. team that's down. Ooh. Come on. Brutal. Well, 17.5 so seconds good. left. For There's still quarters. time. There's still time. Yeah. All right. Here's here's where you always get uh, fortunate, too. Uh, we have to leave, so there's no loser video. No loser video for you. Yeah. Nice. Did the did the Rockies score in the first inning yet? No? Ah. Yet. As if it's a done deal no matter known. what. It is, it is written. That's just fishing for winter videos before we get out. <laughs> All right. So we're not we're, we're not uh, we're not playing. I'm not playing the Canadians. You? I, I guess it's, I got to shop after the show. Shop after the if show. If I can find six, yes. Yeah. You got about 10 minutes to shop around for it. Okay. I'm not doing it. I know you're not. I'm not. One nothing Tampa home, Bay. Baby. Twenty minutes from the lightning repeating. Not a foul. Sorry. And twenty minutes perhaps from never having Andy McNeil on this show again in this calendar year. Uh, maybe later. Maybe in the later. calendar. Yeah. Uh, we've done all we can do. The nightcap with Tim Murray from Circa next. Enjoy and good luck with all your bets from Visa Esports Betting Network. Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. 